God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Here we are, another episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. And I figured we would start today's episode by, first of all, recording in all the necessary places and in all relevant areas. And that's what we're doing. And that's why this episode, I believe, is going to be the best episode, not only of our show, but of all shows. So, good morning to you. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you, kind sir. Good, how are you on this fair morning, kind sir? Good morrow, yes, yes. And then they threw the piss and the shit from the windows using their toss pots into the streets. Henceforth, thine piss pots shall be emptied. Yes. Oh, can I take your piss pot to the window as I take mine? To do you a bit of a favor. Oh, please do take my piss pot. It is full with piss and poop. How about piss pots? Because toilets weren't around. And it was when it was dark, it was dark unless you wanted to light a candle. You would just piss in the pot near your bed. That was just waking reality for human beings. Well, here's what you didn't have if you lived in London. You didn't have an outhouse. You pissed and pooped in a pot and you just dumped it out the old window so the streets of london were covered with piss and human dookie piss and human dookie that's correct by the way that's the name of my new alt band that also might be my new uh that might be my new mc mc human dookie but that's perfect for your dookie chain yeah oh shit i'm not wearing my dookie chain today jesus christ well welcome to the show we're glad you're here it's another beautiful day that Maybe God made it, maybe the devil made it, maybe no one made it, maybe it's the consequence of the primordial ooze. It was always going to happen, the inevitability of life finding a way where there's not a way. I don't know how this experience came to be, but we're in it, and we're living it, and you can't take that away from me. I won't let you. People try. People try to take your experiences away from you, but I won't let them, and they can't have them, and it's not theirs to take. The end. Uh, Should I just roll this little black ball <laughs> i think so down there near the end of what you just said rolling stone gathers no moss but leaves a trail of busted stuff i was doing my live stream on monday night and somebody kept throwing in period in all caps <laughs> on the live stream chat and it made me very happy yeah that's pretty good speaking of uh hearing from our fans you can always write in bob and clint at gmail.com we love hearing from you guys Unless you're writing in to give us some shit. Uh, <clears throat> those aren't my favorite things, but we do have some messages I want to read real quick. Uh, at the Patreon, uh, you didn't hear it last week because this happened and this occurred in the Secret Weekly, but we are giving away a free download of Bob's cover of Prince's 1999 over on Patreon. Yet another reason to get involved, support one of your favorite podcasts. But over there in the Patreon, Jala Keneally, Keneally wrote, Hi guys, I saw a movie I wanted to share. It's a documentary called The Painter and the Thief. Thanks, daddies. Tiny Doc. Uh, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen The Painter and the Thief. Have you seen it? I feel like I have. It sounds familiar. Another email we got is from Amy. Now, Amy says she doesn't expect us to read this on the (laughs) air. Is that it? Is that all the time we're going to spend on that email? I feel like that email was somebody whose car was pulled over to the side of the road. The hood was up. And then as we went by, the person was like, hey, I've got a problem here. And we just kind of waved at him and kept moving. What's there to say if we haven't seen the fucking film? Well, I don't know. 
thanks for the email. We haven't seen it. Yeah. Maybe we'll give it a shot. I mean, we could we could stop and say, hey, look, we don't know anything about cars. We could let them. I mean, I guess we, we kind of did that. Yeah, that's what we did. Yeah, I hey, know. I can't help you. All right. So, well, uh, you want to, you want to, you want to no, talk? Fine. Let's talk about but it. Now, we'll, talk keep, about now it. we'll keep that. We'll keep her in the rear view. Bye bye. I mean, bye. <laughs> We're going. Shh, bye. Bye bye. Dude, how about somebody just taking the time to write the email? Oh, this will be great. Something to recommend. And then we just. Dude, this happens with my Metallica world too. Like every live stream I do, every IG live, every AMA, someone's like, people just really want to suggest things for me to watch and see. I do a thing on IG Live. It's called the All Request, No Request Hour of Music with your friend Clint, where people just request songs, and it's just them requesting songs and me saying, I don't know how to play that. So there's nothing you can do. Speaking of requests, do you like Rick and Morty? Do you ever watch that show? No. Okay, well, do yourself a favor. Here we go. Do yourself a favor, dude. Do you think I don't watch it because... I haven't had someone tell me I should watch it. Is that why you think I don't watch it? Here's why I know somebody has told you to watch it because Rick and Morty is the number one show for a, for males between the ages of 18 and 35. Between the ages of 18 and 35, there's no show that's more popular than Rick and Morty. And I know... What a, what a scathing indictment. That you know some dudes that are in that age bracket. And if they're not in that age bracket... They're just outside of it like me. Just outside. They're just a I mean, when when I say I'm just outside that 18 to 35, I mean you couldn't fucking squeeze a penny between where I'm at age-wise and that 35. You couldn't squeeze a penny. I'd watched like one episode and it's just too much. It's just too much. I don't enjoy I like slow burn stuff that would bore the people you're talking about. I like the king of comedy. You think anyone who likes Rick and Morty could handle 10 minutes of fucking Seven Samurai. And I'm not saying I'm better or smarter or more cultured or anything, although I am. All right, well, I'm going I'm I'm to uh, name one person who's seen both Seven Samurai and all yeah. of the Rick and Mortys twice. Is his, is his name B. Schnitty Schnitzinus? His name is Bishnu Schneids Schnitteranamai. Here's what I know about you, and here's what I'm thinking. I thought about this leaving the dentist today. This was on my mind for the entire 30 minutes. I'm at a place in life, and I don't know why. I don't know why this is happening to me. But the color and the taste and the joy of life has been slowly sucked out of my world. So the idea of like watching something and being excited is gone. Now, I don't know if it's gone forever. I'm not, I'm not suicidal. I'm, I love my family. And uh, some days I'll look out the window of the gray future, and uh, there's, a, there's a nice blue sky. So everything's okay. But I'm telling you, man, I, I don't have this thing in me anymore where I'm like achy and itching to discover shit. Okay. I don't think there's any joy in it for me. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna name a few examples, okay? In your life. You, you watch of, House every no, no. day, dude. You you like to watch things. You, you, no, no, you look through right. the gray window. You look through the gray window of the morning. And I know I've been talking for a minute. I want, I want to hear you talk. But you look through the gray window of the existential morning and you think, well, at least I'll watch House for 12 hours tonight i don't even have that i sit around and wait for sleep to happen and try not to induce it by drinking too much okay now i'm gonna say a few words and then they're going to peak that's not even the way you speak by the way i'm here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna name an example but i'm gonna use words that have nothing to do with what i'm trying to say 
Oh, so when, good. When I, good D. <laughs> good D. But I watched House last night, and this guy had a had a had a problem with his brain, and he would wanted to say, "I didn't take any medications," and he would say, "I am mandible banana cipher." <laughs> And it was the guy, it was the kid from Caddyshack, but he's old and bald now. Anyways, oh, it doesn't matter. I love House. But I'm going to say a few. I know you do. I know. I know. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a few things. Every, every one of these examples that I'm going to list are something that you fucking poo-pooed the fuck out of. And then. Let's hear it. Became entranced. <laughs> Let's hear the list. First poo-pooed the fuck out of, then okay. became entranced. All right. Let's hear the list. Michael Jordan. I never poo-pooed Michael Jordan. Dude. You're out of your fucking mind. Dude, when were you ever in your life watching basketball? Uh, a little time when Michael Jordan was winning championships and I was 13 fucking years old wearing oh, okay. Air Jordans <laughs> every year. <laughs> Sorry. He was my right. fucking hero. And guess what? When he played baseball, guess what city he played baseball in? Birmingham, Alabama. I would go <laughs> okay. to the fucking right. Hoover Met. Right, no, no, no. You crack the door open, baby. You got to live with what's in the room. Jesus I Christ. went to the Hoover Met and paid $2 and watched Michael Jordan play baseball. Okay, so you were always a Michael Jordan fan. Don't even get me. Don't even fuck with MJ, man. All right, All right let's hear what's, next. what's next on the list. Fair, what's next? Fair enough. Fair <laughs> what's enough. What's kind next? sir. Thy point is proven, young sir. People tell me I discourage open communication because I bulldoze. I felt the sting of your sword. <laughs> and yes, your point has been taken. Mm, there's poison in that scorpion tail. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Okay. I'm excited. M- Marvel movies. All right. I don't, lo- I, I don't love them. I just... Well, you can't love them because there's a bunch of ones that are sh- turds. And then there's some that are great. I gave it a shot. There's more to it than I thought. Okay. There's still, but I had this very conversation the other night with my, I've told you before, but I have a few porch buddies that I do porch hangs with that are like way into MCU. They make me hate it because they're so into it. And we did have this discussion tonight where I had to cool them off and be like, all right, it's not Scorsese. Like they talk about it like it's like real cinema. Well, that's stupid. And I'm like, uh, it's, it's not. I'm sorry, dudes. It's just not. There's some that are good. There's some eights in there. Yeah, there uh, are. A lot there's, of it's fives and then there's some threes. But I think even to speak more favorably of it too than even than that, even the bad films, they they add up to this aggregate payoff that when you do see where these characters end up, it, there is a like Captain America is my least favorite almost, and where his story ends by the end of it was really touching. And there's an aggregate payoff. So all right, yeah, you're right, MCU. Okay, you got a point. Here's what I never read: Captain America comics, dude. Me neither. Me neither. Might as well like Captain America sergeant nick fury like i'm not reading any of those like all american white guy comics fuck that dude i hated those comics i only read comics of outcasts so i read the hulk because he's green and angry and that's what i was except i was just real small i read dracula lord of the vampires that was my favorite comic did you read spawn no Spawn, I was in I was a full grown adult, dude. I was putting my penis in vaginas when Spawn came out. When Spawn came out, my penis was entering vaginas. Guess what happened after after my penis came out of its unicorn shell? Okay. And sniffed around and found a vagina. Guess guess <laughs> how little guess what happened to my comic reading at that point? 
Uh, you read more of it after it that, went to zero. Oh, that's the opposite. Yeah. So there was a lot of comic book reading, and then I found a thing called my, my penis, and then comic book reading went way way down. So you're saying that I have a history of not giving things a chance, and then I watch it, and then I like it. And you're saying Rick and Morty. I'll be I'll be a Rick and Morty fan here in no time. Well. I don't. I don't watch a lot of cartoons, dude. I don't know because Rick and Morty does come at you fast and hard. It's just too much. It's too intense. It comes at you fast and hard. But, anyways, the only reason I mention it is because I just discovered that the guy who created Rick and Morty and who does the voice of Rick created another one called Solar Solar Opposites on Hulu, and it's basically like extra Rick and Morty episodes, and it's so Mm -hmm. it's. The thing that makes Rick and Morty special, the stories in Rick and Morty are like Matrix good. I don't don't know if you ever watched this movie called The Matrix with Keanu Reeves, Mm -hmm. but it's it's one of the it's 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 in the top ten movies that I saw that changed the way I view the world. It's an incredible movie. Uh, Did you get the red pill or the blue pill, bro? Dude, am I watching the movie? What's happening? Yeah. Um, hold on, let me do Morpheus real quick. Okay, can I do Morpheus real quick, Lawrence Fishburne? Dude, I'm I'm ready to watch the movie right now. 19, 1999's uh, The Matrix, Lawrence Fishburne. <clears throat> Here we go. The red pill, blue pill scene. Okay. <clears throat> hey, Neo. Hey, yeah. You gonna take the red pill or the blue pill? All right, let me do, and scene. And let, wait, hold on. Let me do Keanu. Okay, you do Keanu responding to that. Okay. <laughs> And seed. I can't build a new world for you, Neo. I can only show you the world behind that closed eyes that you have now. My name is Morpheus. Did the spoon bend you, or did you bend the goddamn motherfucking spoon? Where's Clint Wells? I study acting. I study because for a second there, I was like, that is. The most handsome I've ever seen Lawrence Fishburne look in my life. And then I realized, yeah. oh, I'm looking at Clint Wells. Yeah. Well, I'll take Even that though the voice, I was, it was, I was in 19, it was 1999. And I'm like, I'm partying like it's 1999 on this podcast. One of the only movies I've ever paid the $17 for. And then if about 20 minutes into the movie theater experience left. Because the movie was so atrocious that I thought I'd rather just leave. It's worth it to spend the money and leave now. Are you talking and about the was, Matrix? That was the Matrix Three. Oh Jesus, yeah, that it walked out. It, it got bad. It got real bad. We did watch. Uh, I don't see. I don't know how you have. How do you have the time to watch all this shit? It's very time consuming to watch all this stuff. I watched Doctor No, which is the very first James Bond movie from 1962. Dude, that shit was fucking right out of the gate. Bam, 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 bam. That shit was good. But see, you like bam, 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 guy shoots people for 90 minutes movies. That's You like John Wick. Case closed. Dude, that movie only is good because of one dude, Sean Connery. Sean Connery fucking rocks in that movie. Now, the only problem with Sean Connery, real sketchy. When it comes to the ladies, dude, real handsy, real like, I'm just going to kiss these bitches without even asking. And I don't even know them. I don't even know them. They're strangers. I'm just going to go up 
and start making out. Uh, this actually reminds me of an interesting couple of stories. Okay, so welcome to story time. The, and, and one of them directly involves you. I came across someone asking about you on Reddit. So I'll, I'll get to that. But a friend of mine saw Dave Matthews probably the year before you toured with him. He was playing clubs. 1994, right before Under the Table and Dreaming broke out or whatever. And he was in a club in Birmingham. And the only way to get through, we've played these venues before. The only way to get out sometimes, you have to walk through the crowd. Right. There's no back room or anything. Those are like the most horrible, horribly engineered clubs of all time. I know the club in Burlington where you have to walk. I'm talking about Birmingham. Oh, Alabama. Birmingham. Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you talking about, what's that place called? It was called the Hippodrome is what it was oh, called. Okay. But it's been it's been a, a lot of things. It's right in Five Points. If you've if anyone's been to Birmingham, there's a part area of downtown. Like most towns that have five points where five roads intersect, blah, blah, blah. So there's a club down there. And he said that, you know, super packed. They they were about to blow up, but they were in a van playing a club. And when they got done, they they had to put their instruments down and walk through the crowd to get out. And that Dave Matthews walking through the crowd grabbed my friend's girlfriend and just kissed her, laid a big kiss on her. And I'm like, well, how'd you feel about that? Because you know me when I come to that world. I'm like, well, I like Dave Matthews, but now he must die. But he was like, uh, he's like, man, well, first of all, it happened fast. Second of all, it was kind of just cool. I was like, well, what'd she think about that? He was like, she fucking loved it. So he comes in, just kiss this chick and leaves. And that is a story from a time that will never happen again. Because <laughs> imagine if that happened now. Oh my God. So here's the thing, dude, that shit happens. It's just, that was a young Dave Matthews stepping off the stage. So nobody cared. He wasn't an ogre. If he would have been an ogre, she'd have been upset. Harry Styles can do that. Right. All day long. So the other thing that happened is, let me try to find this on Reddit. So someone's on the Dave Matthews subreddit saying, does anyone happen to have any, any Dave Matthews shows taped a tape trading community from 1995 I'm looking for the Ugly Americans set. There was a band oh called the Ugly God. Americans that opened up for Dave. Oh my God. I hope nobody has that. Well, so, and like tape trading is a huge deal in the Dave Matthews band world. I used to be a tape trader in high school and I had a bunch of shows from like 93 to 96. So I wrote back, I said, hey, Bob Schneider's like one of my closest friends and I'm a huge Dave Matthews fan. I was like, I have shows that date before 95. I'm, people were definitely taping on that tour. I was like, but I don't know of any shows with the Ugly Americans. I was like, I just wanted to respond to you because that's weird to see this in the wild. And they wrote back like, oh, hey, Clint, I haven't checked out your podcast yet, but I saw you play with Bob in Chicago in like 2014. But I thought that was interesting to see that people people were looking for that era of you touring. Have I ever told you that? I mean, there's many Dave Matthews stories, but have I ever told you that story about playing, opening one of those Dave Matthews shows where I'm sitting in the audience? No. So, all right, let me just, I'll, I'll try to make it quick. So. I like story time. So 95 was the year I quit drinking. There's a reason I quit drinking. I was drinking too much. So we did two and a half months of the Dave Matthews tour. Opening up for them with Ugly Americans. It was us, Ugly Americans, and Big Head Todd. Or Dave, Big Head Todd, and us. And the way the tour worked was. In the on the East Coast, Dave Matthews was going to headline, and then in the middle of the country and on the West Coast, Big Head Todd, who was bigger than them at the time, was going to headline, and we were going to be the opener of the three bands. Were you on a Were you on a side stage or were you on the main stage? We're on the main stage. It's just like, and we're playing like big places, like 
you know, amphitheater, amphitheaters, right? No, but like big theaters, you know, 2000 to 3000 seat theaters. Cool. And, uh, Dave Matthews album had just come out and they didn't know it was going to blow up. And literally after, after about maybe two weeks of the tour, they were like, you know, big head top was like, we'll just go in the middle for the rest of the tour. Except for Denver, where Big Head Time was like God. Anyways, none of this matters. 95 was the last year of my drinking, and I was drinking a lot. And the Dave Matthews guys were drinking a lot as well. They were all doing a lot of drinking. And they were they were cool, and Dave was cool. And uh, He's a pretty notorious heavy drinker. Even still, I think. And, I, I mean, we weren't getting a lot on our rider, so... I think he said we could go. In, I think he said we could go into his dressing room and drink all his, drink all his, drink I all. He said, drink all his alcohol. He said that dude. While he was, hey, nice to meet you guys. Well, you can come in here and drink all our alcohol whenever. You I want. think he said we could go in there while they were on stage and drink all their alcohol. Yeah, sure. I, I think I heard that because that's what I used to do. Yeah, I did that to you before I knew <laughs> you. By the way, the other thing that happened on this tour was they would book all the rooms for Dave Matthews, Big Ed Todd, the crew, and us at the same time so we got these like really nice rates and we were staying at really nice hotels when i say nice i'm like double tree normally we would stay at like a holiday Inn express or a la quinta now we're staying in these really nice places one of the things that really nice places have is our mini bars so i wake up one morning i look in the mini bar and they have all this booze in there and i just start glunk 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 so by the time we're supposed to hit the stage i am fucking gone like the first thing I did when I got there was I saw Bruce. This was back when I was smoking. I'm smoking a cigarette and I do that. Th- you know that thing in Taxi Driver where Harvey Keitel flicks the cigarette onto Robert De Niro's chest? Oh, yeah. I do that to Bruce. That's the first thing I do. I'm like, hey, what's up? Boop. Wow. <laughs> right off his chest. Then we go on stage. And the first thing I do is jump off stage with the mic and go into the audience. Now, there's not a lot of people in the audience. There's probably only 100 people in the audience, and it's like a 2,000-seat theater. So there's not, but people are coming in. So I just go out, sit in the audience. The band's on stage. They're pissed. And I'm just singing the song sitting in one of the seats, like maybe the third or fourth row. And we, we'd finish the song, and people weren't digging it. They weren't digging the fact that I was in the audience. And I was like, hey, motherfuckers, you think this is easy? You try it. And I just grab a random dude out of the audience, give him the mic, and throw him up on stage. And he doesn't know any of our songs. So now there's a guy holding the mic, (laughs) not singing, the band playing, nobody's happy. Anyways, that's that's the kind of shows we did. Um, After the show, there was some guy that reviewed the show and said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> he was like of your, of your set. Yeah. He was like, big at time was great. Dave Matthews, you know, brought the house down, but the opening band, ugly Americans, worst band I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, shortly thereafter, I quit drinking. Thank God. The story that I like that you tell about that time is that you were like hanging out with a guitar backstage and you were kind of doing the thing you do where you, were kind of like making shit up, which you're really great at that. And you were kind of flexing that muscle a little bit. And Dave Matthews kind of came in and was like, oh, what's going on? And you were like, hey, hey, Dave. And you were like playing like, you know, kind of the two chord jam that you do well, sometimes. All right. Well, let me let me tell this story. 
I'm, I'm backstage. I'm in Dave's dressing room, which is where we would end up because they had all the booze. And Dave had a guitar and he's playing and he's a great guitar player. Yeah. He, he's also from South Africa. And so he has all these different weird South African melodies in his head. And, and like rhythm, polyrhythms. And polyrhythms shit. and all this stuff. So he's just coming at it from this different place. I'm coming at everything from like a straight up US sort of blues sort of musical mentality. So anyways, he's playing something and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Can I, you know, should we jam? Should I, should I sing something over it? He's like, yeah, man, go ahead. So he's like, you know, doing his thing. And I'm like, hey, I got a fucking, you know, handful of confetti, you know, doing my thing. And it's just not great. And he's like, oh, that's great. And he's so nice. Dude, that's really cool. I really like it. I was kind of hearing this. And dude, he starts singing this fucking melody. This had nothing to do with what he's playing. And it totally makes sense. And it fits together like God's goddamn Rubik's Cube. <laughs> and I just looked at him and I was like, this motherfucker's from a different planet. And it really was the first time on that tour where it clicked, where I was like, oh, this guy is doing something. Like, this dude's next level good. Because I... I always get caught up in like lyrics and stuff. And I was like looking at his lyrics. And I was like, ah, the lyrics aren't that great, but the lyrics aren't that bad. Yeah. But, they're pretty good. But what he's doing melodically and what that his sound, band, what that band was doing as yeah. a, as a total group was really next level. And I was really not paying attention to that. And, and really what he did even beyond all of that. And really the reason he's as successful as he is, is he did this thing where he just wanted to make sure that everybody had a good time all the time in every aspect of his life. So whether he was backstage, whether he was on stage, I mean, after the show, I would watch him go out and for hours he would sign people's shit, but he wouldn't just sign Dave Matthews and then go to the next one. He would sit there, talk to them. He would write a poem. He would draw a picture on their shirt. Like he would spend two or three minutes with somebody and there'd be a hundred people waiting to, to talk to him. And he would spend that time and every single person that he came in contact with, including me has spent the rest of their lives going, Oh, Dave Matthews is like He's the nicest, guy. coolest yeah. guy in the world. They've bought all his stuff. They come to see all his concerts and it's no uh, secret of why he's so, so you know, successful i think that worked for him for a really really long time he he's one of those bands where his fans hate him now it's it's like there's a few bands okay there's like kiss there's metallica has this a little bit but there are a few bands where their audience grew up a little bit and then their audience will always demand that that artist be who the artist was when they were in college or whatever and they'll never forgive them for not being that and and i will say Dave Matthews has crossed over into that. People, he can't really do anything right anymore. If he plays the old good stuff, people complain. When he puts out new records, people think they're all bad, which I think they're pretty good. Uh, you know, when he doesn't perform at the level that he performed at when he was 30, he gets criticized. I mean, his diehards just turned on him. It's weird how some bands do that. Tools a band where no one's does that. Everyone they could go, go 13 years without making a record and people get annoyed, but when the new record comes out, everyone's like, yes. But Dave's one of those guys where he's just endlessly on the on the like message boards and like in the little fan communities that I sort of lurk in. He's just endlessly fucking berated by the people who claim to love his shit the most. Well, 
I mean, I don't know. I don't follow his career at all. But this is what I know about those guys. They just keep putting out new music. Whatever he's 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 writing and 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 he it's changing, it's evolving or it's changing, it's different, whatever. It's he's he, you can't necessarily put out the same music year after year. Now I've done that my whole life. Like I was in a band called the Scabs and and uh you know, we played a certain type of music. And then as soon as I did something different, all the people that liked that music were like, what are you doing? Why are you changing? I'm like, because I'm an, I'm an artist. I'm writing new shit. I'm going to change. I'm not going to do the same thing over and over just to please you. And I watched people become super fans and then get really annoyed and drop off and never come back. And then new fans come. And I'm sure that's what happens with Dave. He's got new people that are into his stuff. The old people are like, I only want that old shit, you know? Now you have bands like Kiss. Kiss is still playing the same set from 30 years ago. They've never changed. So of course, everybody who loves Kiss still loves Kiss because it's the same band with the same set of music. But the diehards hate them. Like the diehards are ruthless. Same with Howard Stern. Diehard Howard Stern fans almost hate him. And it's because when he evolved, when any of these artists evolve, they're their diehards will never forgive them. They're not going to leave them, but they also will never forgive them. Anyway, we got to go. Maybe we can continue this in the secret. There's an interesting psychology, or maybe we'll pick this up uh, on next week's episode. But we do appreciate you out there. You can leave us a positive. Go leave the positive review. It only takes a second. Go to iTunes, clickety-clack your way over there, and just say, hey, I like yeah. this podcast. I know Thanks, it's, a, here's the deal. it's a pain in the ass. I've never left a review in my life. Now, if I was listening to this podcast, would I leave a review? Because I'm a fucking got all that bde like you do hair listener yeah you got that bde leave that quick bde review all right and then if you're willing to enable beyond that we have the patreon you know what that is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash i okay you're going to get that download of bob's wonderful cover of 1999 by prince we do have to go now to the secret weekly it's another thing you get access to is we camp out for five to ten minutes after every episode where we talk about some deep dark murky shit that we can't talk about on the regular iok programming so it's not safe for anyone no what it's, not we safe do for work. The- it's not safe for work. It's not safe for the home. It's not safe for goddamn space. It's not safe for vacation. It's not safe for underground. No. It's not no. safe for overground. So we're going to go there now. We appreciate you all out there. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next week. Peace. 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 <laughs>